International. Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, a podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I am your host, Pat Royce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. How's it going? Hey, it's going. It's <laughs> Today is not good. The saga of overwork. Pat's had a roller coaster of a... <laughs> yeah, I went in there. I was like, "Yo, I got to be out of here by three today." They're like, "Yeah, it's okay." Yeah, yeah. And now they they still got me doing two people's jobs. And then we just had a windfall of a fucking Wednesday. Just everybody in the in the world was like, "Hey, you know what sounds good? Fried chicken uh, from the same." Place. I mean, I'm I can't blame them. You work at a yeah. pretty good fried chicken restaurant, but I, I I'm so sorry you've had such a such a roller coaster. I've also yeah. had a roller coaster. I'm coming to Austin tomorrow. Yeah, we're so. looking forward to you. We're getting the fucking ticker tape all cut up. I got a bunch of people just, just cutting <laughs> up little pieces of paper. It's gonna be a good day. Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm excited, but I'm gonna be gone for like two weeks, so I just have like all the shit I yeah. have to do to like prepare. Yeah. Um, well, you know but yeah, you know, if it doesn't work out, it'll uh, be fun. I'll just have all that ticker tape work i'm just gonna throw it right in the fucking river that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> perfect hey, you know, sounds great let's get out of here uh yeah pa- make some paper mache yeah. with it that's <laughs> what you should do uh no it's entirely too constructive i just want to waste it um so <laughs> Fair all enough. right uh kath um I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is dropping on a thursday or a friday uh so hello out there in the real world uh guys everybody's getting ready for this weekend because the big game which big game of course we're talking about the super bowl right yeah. Sure. I guess that's yeah. the big game. I don't. I only watch fake sports. I only like wrestling. I don't watch any real sports, so yeah, I don't yeah. know. But are people watching it, or is it problematic now? Is it bad? To watch I don't the know. Super Bowl? I think the left kind of inherited the super their football somehow. I don't. I think we got the NFL. We get it now. Yeah. Cool. We, we got the NFL and America's divorce. So <laughs> awesome. Fucking, yeah. So I can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can watch it. It's, it's cool now. Or is it? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I just, uh, like, as year, as years goes on, I pay less and less attention. I used to follow football uh, fairly closely. And, like, the last two years, I just, like, not just not because of the political fallout, but just because of my life, I just don't really give a shit anymore. <laughs> like, um, I'm like, are the, are, Fair are, enough. Are the, I just like eating those jalapeno good? poppers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm also looking forward to Lane Crayrup's uh, yearly Super Bowl party, which I don't know if it's going to happen this Sunday, but Lane Crayrup does a hell of a Super Bowl party. Uh, <laughs> all right. So anyway, so yeah, I want to talk today about uh, uh, one of the more intriguing Super Bowl scams uh, in recent memory. Probably the only Super Bowl scam that I know of. Uh, but I, I let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and go down here okay so uh yeah Kev, i want to take us back in the, in the in the time machine and i want to go back to roughly this time last year all right okay uh february 5th 2017 all right we're at we're what, what was your what was your life like last year were you having a good were you having a good february last year was 2017 uh, starting off right for you 2017 um I was, uh, you know what? I, that was right when I started losing weight, when I started working out and eating better and stuff. I was single, so I was just uh, thoroughly depressed. And uh, all right, and I, but you were on your way up. Yeah, you yeah. Were- at the time, I, I had nothing to focus on but myself, so I just fucking was like, all right, let's dive into this because that was when uh, me and, uh, Priscilla fucking 
took a year off uh, like like college kids <laughs> like we just took a year <laughs> off you know just to kind of chill and see the country uh, yeah yeah you know backpack around yeah, yeah. find yourself yeah, I was living uh, in a dining room that I'd converted to a bedroom and I was uh, eating 1700 calories a day and going for like five mile walks doing pretty uh, doing, yeah <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that bad a bit of a mixed bag really uh, <laughs> I, 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 de- I definitely I had uh, my little cubby hole that I lived in. I, I had 100% vis- vis- uh, visual privacy, 0% audio, audio privacy. So like Chris mm-hmm. Tellez would just like walk up to like my little curtain that I made and just talk through it. And he'd be like, hey, man, uh, later on, we're going to go. I'm like, Chris, could you just pretend it's a door, please? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Could you? Yeah. Not act like I live in yeah, your kitchen, yeah, please. You're not pre- oh, man. And that guy never stops oh, talking yeah, either. Yeah, so that no. must have been a nightmare. I used to wake up every morning. <laughs> to fucking if he was off i got woke up because i i would wake up to what culture that 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 youtube the uh, aggregator site yeah yeah yeah. I would wake up to the, the uh what culture wrestling videos i would just be asleep so you've just you've learned a lot about wrestling just through osmosis because yes. like a british nerd was yes, telling you wrestling about it and weezer i yep. just uh, we're talking of course about uh why should we care <laughs> podcast uh host chris tell yes listen to uh, it yeah <laughs> yeah great great podcast yeah but i would just wake up there in the morning and be like this is the top 10 top top 10 Times Vince McMahon got kicked in the nuts. Everybody remembers SummerSlam '96 when he got kicked in the nuts, and it would just be ten instances of like dope leg drops. It was a fucking crazy time. Yes. Anyway, so now we know what was going on in February. That's what was going on in our life. Okay, now yeah. Tom Brady, uh, America's sweetheart, <laughs> was going through a much different, uh, a much different time. He was, uh, he, he had just got off uh, uh, the high of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they came back from twenty-eight to three in the second half. Like that was like they were like, oh, they're getting shut yeah. the fuck out. It was one of the most amazing comebacks in sports history by what who's by a man who in that game cemented himself as like you know under the best of all time like just uh so that was like that he was, he was having a great day so um yeah. all the emotions that now i'm gonna be reading from a sports illustrated article that talks about uh this whole little uh shindiggery that we're gonna get into um okay so of all the emotions that Patriots the Patriots quarterback would feel in the wake of his fifth Super Bowl championship, agitation was not among the likeliest. Brady had engineered the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, clawing his team out of a 28-3 second half hole. Uh, he'd accepted an extended congratulatory handshake from Roger Goodell, the commissioner who'd suspended him for the first four games in 2016. Uh, at his post-game press conference, he fought off the little wobble that had crept in his voice, you know, when he's talking about his mother. <coughs> that, yeah, exactly like that, Kath. No. <laughs> uh, he, he talked about his mother uh, who had just beat, you know, her oncologist had cleared her to travel for Houston for the first game of the season. You know, it, just, it was a big emotional scene. It was a great sports yeah. story. Like, that this yeah, all yeah, yeah, happened. yeah. It was an exciting game. I mean, granted, I know no one likes the Patriots except like my immediate yeah, family. Yeah. <laughs> I know everyone hates them, but but it was an exciting yeah, game. Yeah, Even if you don't was, like it, it was really cool. It was big time. I I, I, uh, I dropped three beers on Lane Crayup's floor because I don't know why I, my grip was off. That <laughs> night. It was odd. It was odd night. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so a little after ten p.m. Uh, and standing in the visitors' locker room at the NRG Stadium in Houston, uh, Brady was the most flummoxed he'd been all night. Did anyone? see it he shouted as he caught a yahoo sports video as he uh caught on a yahoo sports video seconds before grabbing his post game smoothie did anyone see it he kept asking uh the number
number 12 white road jersey that had soaked up Brady's sweat over the 99 plays the New England offense had run that night. Uh, and now uh, he was talking about the jersey that was missing. And the throng of the, on the field afterwards, the quarterback removed his shirt and shoulder pads and handed them off to a team employee who promptly delivered them to, to Brady's locker. 30 minutes later. Okay, so wait, hold on, hold on. So he wins the Super Bowl and then he takes his shirt and his pads off? Uh, yes, yes. Hulk, okay, uh, and Hulk so an assistant... I'm sorry, what? Hulkamania style, I imagine. (laughs) Just rip him right off. Yeah. So he takes... So he does that, and then there's an assistant that comes and takes it to his locker. Yes, and he hands it to him. Takes it to his locker. Now, uh, 30 minutes later, uh, Brady rides shotgun in a golf cart from his press conference to the main entrance of the visitor's quarters. He goes in there. He takes his jersey, and he puts it in his bag, as he said he remembers, specifically doing that. Now, the locker room was still closed to anybody but the Patriots and the NFL staff, or so they thought. This space, less than half the size of a Patriots home locker room at Gillette Stadium, would fill up quickly when the doors opened to the media. But just before the storm, there was a few dozen people milling around, the smallest crowd Brady had seen all day. He took his jersey off, carefully folded it, and placed it into his black leather travel bag. Then he headed to a sink in the adjoining bathroom to wash off his eye smu- or his uh, sweat-smudged eye black. So uh, Brady had won the Super I have yes. a question. Do you know why they do that? I've why they put the eye black on? It cuts off from the reflection of the glare, like the the sun glares off your cheeks, and yeah, okay. that's what I I've heard. All yeah, right. now. Um so let's see. Uh, what's funny is uh, my ex-girlfriend uh, used to play in a softball league and they did the eye black stuff and then she sweated uh-huh. it off or sweated it up one day. We went to a Chinese buffet afterwards in Colleen, Texas and uh, we always had the same little little Asian lady as our server and she went to go get another plate and it was just me and the lady at the table and she was pouring my tea and she just goes, her eye are black. Do you hit her? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my like, God. Do you hit her? I was like, no, 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 no. She's, a, she's obviously in a softball Jersey. <laughs> like she's on a softball team. <laughs> I don't know if I convinced her. That's some Colleen Texas. Yeah. 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 I mean, That's... shout out to that lady for fucking, you know, I mean like that. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the right thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I definitely stopped hitting her after that. That's for sure. <laughs> so I <laughs> never, never, I've ne- literally never hit a woman. So, uh, Pat respects women. Yeah, 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 don't yeah, yeah. please don't get mad. <laughs> You've, to my knowledge, Pat is very uh, respectful to I'm the, everyone, but especially yeah, I'm ladies. The, I, I'm telling you, my, my my closet is is depressingly clean. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so. Uh, Brady had won the Super Bowl uh, like the four before in large part to his attention to detail when deciphering opponents. So to notice that his jersey was not where he left it upon returning to the washroom was, by comparison, an easy read. Hey, did somebody take my jersey? <laughs> Brady, Brady asked Patriots <laughs> equipment assistant Brendan Murphy. I put it in my bag. I absolutely 100% put it in my bag. You're going to hear that audio at the top of the show. Uh, now, so with cameras okay. <laughs> rolling in the locker room, it was a question that would be heard around the world. Brady informed team owner Robert Kraft as he passed out victory cigars from a wooden box. Uh, the next day, during his regular Monday morning radio spot with Boston station WEEI, which I guess, we are! I know WEEI. You're tuned into We Are! In the morning. Okay. Uh, Brady casually revealed that his Super Bowl jersey had also gone missing two years before, after the victory over the Seahawks in Arizona. So, on Monday, NFL security reps began interviewing game day staff who'd been working in and around the locker room near the time of the suspected theft. Now, before security personnel and potential suspects left Houston, uh, at 2 p.m. on Monday, the Houston Police Department filed a report from a complainant, Brady. 
Tom, 6'4", 225 pounds, 39 years of age, stolen shirt slash blouse. Shirt slash blouse. Yeah, valued at $500,000. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick summoned the Texas Rangers. Damn. Yeah. Uh, it was easily... I didn't think about that, but yeah, that is probably about what you could get for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For Very... Tom Brady's Super Bowl winning jersey. Of course. Extremely expensive. Now, it was, it was yeah. easily the most famous sweat-soaked shirt in the NFL history. Snatched at a sear. Uh, yeah. Special events assessment rating level one event. That's right. That's what the, the Super Bowl, like the Homeland Security Department classifies that, you know. Mm. So uh, I like that the Homeland Security terrorism risk rating factors in how valuable the jersey is. Yeah. Like, I get it, but that's <laughs> oh, really no, funny. No, no, no. They're, they're saying that. <laughs> no, the, the, that didn't factor. I, I, I may have misspoke there. Uh, it was the most famous sweat soaked shirt in NFL history, and it was snatched at a SEER, which stands for Special Events Assessment Rating Level One Event. Oh, so, I see. Okay. Yeah, so the security yeah, yeah. was so heightened that this is a real crazy yeah, yeah. heist that happened. Yeah, yeah, they were not Got expecting it. this. <laughs> so uh, these days, of course, such events are well recorded. Uh, Fox, the network broadcasting the game, had three cameras surrounding the Patriots locker room, uh, one by each of the two entrances and one just inside the door. Now, Houston police requested footage from local news stations, including, K- including KHOU. Now, there was another camera rolling, too, when and where no other was allowed. The Patriots in-house video crew had been recording the team's immediate post-game locker room moments all season. Uh, before the outside media were let in, uh, the night of Super Bowl, um, <laughs> fuck Roman numerals. I swear to God, get away! I, <laughs> tell, read it out to me, and I can probably tell you what it is. I took Super Bowl Latin. Li. Li, what is that? Fifty one. I don't know. I, th- I thought is that it, could that be maybe? right? I, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's a one. I, obviously, an L is that a fifty? Uh, I I'm googling now because I'm embarrassed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the Simpsons. <laughs> Li like, in Roman numerals. When, uh, he's like, without. He's like, when am I ever going to know Roman numerals? And Mr. Apple was like, fifty-one. Bart. It's fifty-one. Oh, I'm right. I'm right. Get him. That's what's up. All right. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. She was like, without <laughs> Roman numerals, you'll never know the year that certain motion pictures were copyrighted. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. correct. So on the on the night of Super Bowl Fifty One, according to an investigator who has seen the footage, their lens panned around the room and on the uh, and on the MVP as he stepped away from his stall, and then back to Brady's locker on the right side near the door, where in the words of one law enforcement source, somebody was standing next to the cookie jar. So they see their guy standing next to the proverbial cookie jar, which of course is Tom Brady's shirt slash blouse. Yeah, now, they have a suspect in their sights. Yeah, yeah, they, they they saw somebody. Now, the week after the Super Bowl was a typical one for New England. Uh, a ticker tape parade down Boylston Street. Uh, Gronk spiking a beer off of a duck boat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I uh, remember that. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really nice. That dude's pretty rad. It uh, was like the most Boston thing I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> when he ca- when he catches the beer, he catches the beer and chugs it. It's great. Yeah, it's, Love it. Yeah, it's so anyway. tight. Uh, now, a winter storm due to arrive on Sunday, February 12th, threatened an important Monday meeting at Gillette. Uh, a weather alert had been issued on a critical FedEx parcel sent from Los Angeles to Foxborough. The contents, a USB drive containing more than one terabyte of raw footage recorded by Fox the night of Super Bowl 51. Uh, the FedEx package made it through, but Houston Police Department officials weren't so lucky. Their travel to the meeting was delayed because of the storm. They didn't arrive until Valentine's Day. So by then, the case was already moving beyond U.S. borders. See, Houston PD, which oh. is publicly taking credit for cracking the case, bristled at taking a backseat to the other agencies. They tried to hijack our investigation, grumbled one Houston law enforcement official. Typical Houston stunt. I don't know. Uh, this is our city, <laughs> and we weren't responsible for that locker room, but the only blemish on the entire Super Bowl was this theft. 
Uh, and then, of course, Lady Gaga's performance. No, I'm kidding. I think it was it was great. Uh, Boom! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah, her. Right. Yeah, it took her down Got a or two. Uh, so <laughs> this crime occurred in Houston PD jurisdiction, but the value of the lost item and the fact that the investigation would soon extend across not only state but international lines drew in the FBI. So the six past and present law enforcement officials, two apiece from NFL security, Patriot security, and the FBI's Boston office, uh, they gathered in the conference room at 10 a.m., and this is in Foxborough uh, at the Gillette Stadium, a film session for which Bill Belichick was not invited. Uh, among the resumes, <laughs> the cold case of the $500 million heist at Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston in 1990, uh, and then uh, uh, one of the other guys had gotten somebody off the top 10 list, and... Uh, Let's see. Uh, oh, and they also these are the, some of the same guys who investigated Deflate Gate. So they were back in their <laughs> okay. back in their element, fucking with the Patriots. Uh, yeah, so, so they're like purely, uh, you know, they're they're doing the job. They're not just a Patriots fan, you know, yeah, coming yeah, in yeah. there like they investigated Deflate Gate. They they have no dog yeah, in this. Yeah, in this yeah, fight. yeah. They're, they they're just want to get this jersey back. Yeah, they just they just I love Law and Order. They love Law and Order, uh, the series and the idea. <laughs> uh, so. Um, Oh, there we go. All right. So now, before lunchtime, more quickly than anyone anticipated, uh, the group had picked out the culprit, uh, the one person in the locker room before the doors opened who was unknown to the Patriots staff. The Fox footage, which the network has since released to the public as part of Jay Glazer's original reporting on the theft, captured the suspect before and after the crime. At 9.51 p.m., he's snapping a selfie with Patriot special team captain Matthew Slater at midfield. At 10.04 p.m., he's tailing uh, the Bill Belichick group headed into the locker room, slipping in just behind the coach and his girlfriend. At 10.08, with a mouthful of bottled water, he looks directly in a locker room security camera. <laughs> just roar, like a fish face. Kind Tight. Of thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining him being like, what are you going to do, bitch? Yeah. Here yeah, I right. go. Yeah. Like, he's challenging it. I see the picture. It looks, like, it's, it looks a little bit like he was just taking a swig of water and just saw a camera and was kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> like... Like, uh oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's so he's hapless. You think he's not? He doesn't have a yeah, plan. We're, yeah, he's we're gonna just... meet this guy in a little bit. He's uh, you know, he, he, yeah, he's not. He's definitely we're not dealing with the fucking uh, you know, with uh. This is an Ocean's yeah, exactly. Eleven. Yeah, yeah. This is this is more okay. like Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> just, just. Okay. Yeah, what I mean by that is that markedly worse. Uh, so at ten eleven p.m. he's lurking uh, back against the wall, uh, and at ten eighteen p.m. he's seen leaving through the same locker room door by which he entered. Now holding an item under his left arm. The Patriots' in-house cameras closed the loop on the seven-minute gap in the Fox footage, and the thief was never caught with his hand in the cookie jar. But according to an investigator who saw the footage, uh, it showed the man in the Fox video standing right next to the black bag in Brady's locker. He looks very relaxed mm-hmm. as the investigator who's seen the Patriots' footage. I mean, he looks like he's belonged there. He's honed his skills over years. So <laughs> the culprits seem to have a well-practiced MO perfected over a decade of attending Super Bowls with a media credential around his neck. He'd never spend Super Bowl week at the, one of the media hotels, but would rather lodge nearby so as not to be identified as part of the press. Uh, his wardrobe for the game was a dark suit to blend in with the PR people and other functionaries and a long tie that draped over his credential to obscure, to obscure the clearance level indicated by the color. Kind of smart. Uh, Dang. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like you told me he was a bonehead, but I feel like this is pretty good this is good yeah stuff. yeah he, he's definitely a bonehead he's good at what he does he's just like he, he's a very very regular dude essentially kind of it'll, it'll, yeah it'll he's, he's, he's just, just like he's he's perfected being a hanger-on 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just looks. Like. Yeah, he just looks the part. Yeah, he's like he's. Uh, well, yeah, we'll get we'll get that in a sec. So now the investigators at first just had a face and they needed a name. In the Gillette conference room, they searched the database of uh, twenty thousand people credentialed for the Super Bowl. Not just media, but vendors and security as well. The criteria: male, forty years and older, white, possibly Latino. That pared the list down to about eight hundred candidates. So investigators went through those headshots alphabetically one by one until they reached the letter O. And that's when, we, uh, that's when they come up with uh, Martin Mauricio Ortega, the director of the Mexico City-based tabloid La Prensa. Bam, we got him, said one unidentified. All right. Uh, yeah, so now we got our guy. We got our guy, uh, Martin Mauricio Ortega. <coughs> and they have him on the tape. And he looks like a fucking substitute teacher. He just looks like a, a congenial man in glasses, uh, very friendly. Yeah. Like he could be like an orthodontist kind. I, w- I would say orthodontist. So uh, what happened next is straight out of an episode of Law & Order. Seconds later, literally, one of the FBI Boston agents received a photo on his phone. The source was a Chicago-based FBI agent, well-known among collectors as the lead dog on the government's probe into fraud in the multi-billion dollar sports memorabilia industry. He had gotten a tip. <laughs> the informant was 19-year-old Dylan Wagner, a Boston-born lifelong Patriots fan uh, here's a quote from him uh, yeah no it's not a quote <laughs> 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 it's directly from him uh, now in December Wagner had sold a game worn Dion Branch jersey on eBay uh, he and the buyer emailed each other photos of their collections uh, as collectors often do and Wagner was taken aback when the man sent 27 pictures of his robust trove so he said uh, this guy is a <laughs> god in the collector world uh, Wagner thought at the time Wagner noticed the premier item at the front and center shot a number 12 jersey from super bowl 50 i'm gonna figure this one out 50 5l1x xl1x xl1x so xl is l is 50 if there's an x before it that means it's 10 less than 50 40 so 49 xl and then yeah super bowl Uh, 49 you got it that's right baby okay all right steel trap (laughs) Yeah, sharp (laughs) as a bag of marbles, this guy. All right, so I had grass stains matching the shirt that Brady had worn that night. Uh, Wagner asked the guy how he got it. The buyer replied it was a long story. Uh, Then he'd tell him later. Wagner followed up, though. He wanted to know if he'd gotten the shirt legally. (laughs) Wagner was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Hold on, buddy. Uh, Think about it this way. If someone ever says... If you ask them how they got something that's worth $500,000 and they say, it's a long story, I'll tell you yeah. later. You don't need to ask whether they got it yeah, legally yeah, yeah. or not. You got yeah, your answer. Legalese are, legally, is very, it's a very short story. It's like, I bought it. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the jersey hadn't been reported as stolen at the time, so Wagner didn't think much of it other than to share the photo uh, with several collector's friends of his, one of whom works for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Um yeah, that's the wrong guy to show your fucking stolen jersey picture to. Uh, yeah, probably yeah, not the, the best. The day after Super Bowl 51, when the world was learning that Brady was now missing two Super Bowl jerseys. Because, uh, yeah, because he said it, he's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I lost this one. I lost the other one two years ago. Uh, that ATF friend yeah. sent Wagner a link to the news story. So uh, the, now it said red flags went up for both of them. The friend forwarded Wagner's information to a contact of his, the FBI Chicago agent. By the end of that week, the Chicago agent called Wagner, requesting all the information that he had. Name, address, IP address, email chains, the whole nine. They're closing in. Back 
back at Gillette Stadium, February 13th. The Boston agent opened the message. It was the picture of Tom Brady's Super Bowl 51 jersey on display in a memorabilia room linked to the very same man <laughs> whose picture was staring back at them in the NFL security representative's laptop. The next step was clear. Start making plans to go to Mexico. Yeah. All right. So. I love this movie yeah, trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make plans to go to Mexico. Uh, now. August 2016, memorabilia dealer Brian Drent has made plans to meet a client at a Denver International Airport. So we're in 2016 at this point. Drent had turned a childhood hobby of collecting baseball cards into a business, Mile High Card Company, a high-end auction house he ran out of Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, Castle Rock Entertainment made like every movie in the 90s. Remember that? Yeah, that's uh, Stephen King's Oh, that was Stephen King. Company, okay, I, I think. That, I, I think. The, the lighthouse I may be wrong. And, yeah, okay, so. Oh, no, wait, maybe they did The Simpsons. I probably did, I probably don't know. I thought, yeah, about. was that Gra- anyway. Gracie Films where they just, they shush you at the end? Shh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that's Gracie Films. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Castle Rock is Stephen King. Anyway, okay. continue. So, he, uh, he had sold items to this client before, a Terrell Davis practice-worn jersey. He auctioned $4,000, uh, a pair of cleats worn by Tom Brady, Emmett Smith, and uh, Adam uh, Venatieri. Now, the purchase was, uh, this one, though, was about the... Uh, uh, was the, was the biggest one for him yet? Uh, it was a Joe Montana jersey that sold for uh, twenty five thousand. Well, twenty four eight eight seven, so close twenty five thousand dollars. So he's buying that. Yeah. Uh, the client wired the money from Mexico City and made arrangements to fly to Denver to collect the jersey. Uh, Drent waited in the passenger pickup line uh, at Denver International Airport in his bronze BMW X5. Wow, okay, just drop a dope-ass car name on us real quick. Yeah, uh, doing all right, I guess. Yeah, they said that, they, hey, Drent, we're going to run that uh, that article we interviewed you about. He's like, anything we need to know? He's like, yeah, could you mention what car I was in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 we can do that. Soon, sitting in the front passenger seat was the was his uh, connection. He was meeting Martin Mauricio Ortega, so the guy from Houston in the locker room. Now uh, he's meeting with this. Well, this was before he meet, he met with this guy. Uh, now, game used items are the most hotly coveted by collectors seeking to own a real piece of history. Now, before Super Bowl Fifty One, NFL auctions and hunt auctions as part of the league's charitable initiatives for breast cancer awareness and salute to service, put up a bid for a rare and desirable jersey worn by Brady during an. October 2014 win against the Bills. Further described as one of a scant few documented game-used jerseys to have entered the marketplace from arguably the game's greatest quarterback. The winning bid was $50,000. In the moments after the after Brady discovered that his Super Bowl 51 jersey was missing from his bag, he did quip on that uh, tape. He goes, well, if anyone sees on eBay a jersey for sale, let me know. But uh, selling yeah. the Super Bowl 51 jersey with the world having learned instantly of its theft would have been essentially impossible. So according to multiple industry sources, it would be fairly easy for a thief to turn stolen NFL merchandise into profit, provided the theft was never publicized and the thief was willing to put his name on a letter verifying its authenticity and describing how it was acquired. Now, remember, billion dealers in the U.S. allow customers to sell items through their websites via a process called consignment. Uh, the seller is not known to the auction house. He must provide several references. And in any case, he must write a letter uh, detailing the piece's provenance. So they, they, they have a mm-hmm. lot of systems in place to make sure you find out where this shit was coming from. So this guy, right. he meets Drent in Denver. And uh, they st- I hope he just writes a letter that says, I stole this yeah, shit. Stole that shit. It. Like S-T-O-L-T, baby. <laughs> stole it right out of there. 
Uh, <laughs> now, as it turns out, Ortega had been buying and selling American football memorabilia online since like at least 96. Uh, he traveled to the U.S. all the time to meet dealers, all of whom would have little means of verifying the sources of merchandise. Now, when Ortega tried to sell what he claimed was a John Elway Broncos jersey to a memorabilia expert a Las Vegas, in a Las Vegas several years ago, uh, the CEO says the item, like several others Ortega had offered, did not pass inspection. So that's, not, that's not to say it wasn't real. It just happens fairly often that they can't verify the authenticity of something. Right. So why he failed inspection yeah. was because they couldn't verify the authenticity because he... He wouldn't exactly, tell them how he got yeah. it. So, yeah. They couldn't verify his story of, of how he came yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and so now and this does, this is pretty... Not uh, it's not uncommon this happens. Uh, you know, in the chaos of a post game locker room, players can easily lose track of items. Uh, according to numerous memorabilia dealers, a quality source of game used memorabilia in the past years has been equipment managers who took advantage of a muddled mm-hmm. definition of ownership. Uh, you know, they're like, oh yeah, well there was it's a helmet, it's just one helmet. Uh, I technically own that helmet, right? So when news of the Super Bowl jersey spread in, in February, uh, it's basically like the equipment manager version of stealing pens. Exactly. From the yeah. 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 Uh, d- d- quote Simpsons again another day another box of stolen pins uh, <laughs> so uh now, well, with the news of the Super Bowl jersey spread in February, Giants running back Brandon Jacobs posted on Twitter that he had a Super Bowl, uh, his super, he had had his Super Bowl jersey taken from him uh, for years. Jacobs said he had he had framed in his home what he thought was his game worn twenty seven jersey <laughs> next to his Super Bowl shirt, uh, gifts for each of his two sons. He recalls handing the jersey to an equipment manager after the game and picking it up the next day when the Giants returned to New Jersey. Two years ago, he received an email from a collector who came to ha- claim to have Jacobs entire game warm uniform his jersey his helmet his pants <laughs> his thigh pads the whole thing so uh they just stole yeah, all his he clothes said he purchased from his friend a giants equipment manager uh the guy sent him the picture Dang. and he was just like oh holy shit i thought that's what i had hanging on my wall the whole time so this is like pretty common in the industry uh yeah. one time cowboys great emmett smith discovered a cache of mall store collectibles that had his forged signature on them uh, smith then started a technology company called prova that he believes can help players and teams in the nfl protect authenticity of memorabilia so like there's a big uh, effort out there to stop this you know uh fraudulent or stolen right. uh stolen stuff so now uh ortega uh the, the, the guy at the center of all this you know he may have explored the idea of selling brady's jersey had its disappearance not turned into an international incident and he apparently had some other unique super bowl items to sell during his beef, brief conversation with drent that's the denver-based uh uh memorabilia dealer uh, ortega had asked the head scratching question he said uh what was von miller's game used helmet from super bowl 50 worth drent a broncos a broncos <laughs> season ticket holder had attended that game six months earlier he wondered how a guy from mexico could have that helmet in his possession so soon after the game but he shrugged it off what he didn't know he did not know what ortega did for a living and he certainly didn't suspect his client had turned that job into a free memorabilia grab uh and then ortega brought up <laughs> another piece of super bowl gear in his possession he also told me about the the other Brady jersey, the one from Super Bowl 49. He didn't ask the value on it or anything. He just said that he had it from a Super Bowl. I didn't think anything of it the same way that I didn't give it much thought when he said he had Von Miller's helmet. So, uh, now, Ortega, he's the head, he, he, had a, he had a media pass. That's because he is the head of La Prensa, the newspaper that he worked at for more than 30 years. Uh, it's not a major power player in Mexico City media. Officials there were surprised that anyone from La Prensa, much less director and not an actual journalist, could get close enough to Tom Brady to steal his jersey. Uh, this is like when, uh, years ago, uh, Ramin Nazer, very funny comedian, artist, cool dude, 
Uh, Ramin Nazar and I got press passes for South by Southwest because of Last Gas. <laughs> we just like we applied with Last Gas because I was helping him put listings yeah. on the site. And uh, yeah, and they gave us free press passes to all of South by oh, Southwest. Yeah. So, like, sorry. I- like four years ago. So basically that guy's yeah. doing this. He's like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. I'm from La Prenza. You don't speak Spanish, so you don't know yeah, it, but yeah, it's, we're yeah, very yeah. important. He says La media, then- that means, actually I think that means the middle anyways. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, as one, uh, as one veteran journalist said, uh, La Prenza is the newspaper, the shoe shine man on the street hands to you while he shines your shoes. Uh, it's definitely a tabloid. <laughs> uh, it's a sensationalist newspaper. He said, uh, if you actually buy newspapers, you won't buy this one is what one of the guys said. Uh, so, when veteran uh, Mexican sports writer Arturo Palafox uh, heard the day after the Super Bowl that the Patriots hadn't located Brady's jersey, uh, you know, a singular fear popped into his mind. He said, man, I hope there are no Mexicans involved in this because of what Donald Trump has been saying about Mexicans. That's a very pressing fear to have. <laughs> but I, guess, I think that's what you got to walk around with now, you know? Uh, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Now, of course, obviously, we're all very well aware of, uh, of Trump's uh, campaign rhetoric. And I mean, we hear it over here and it causes one thing. But over there in Mexico, a lot of people, especially people who work um, either with the government or work in jobs that send them, you know, consistently overseas or across the state border or across the international border, they they were very, a lot of them were very worried about how this was going to fuck up their day to day. You know, like is this going to make it harder mm-hmm. to get over there? Or if I'm in a law enforcement agency, for example, and I now have to work in connection with the the U.S. If I'm not very cooperative, is that going to hurt Mexico as a whole right. in our country? Yeah, it's a a, a minefield for them so this guy the first thing he thought was like I, I just hope there's no mexicans involved in this uh which yeah if he wasn't mexican pretty problematic <laughs> and <I'm, laughs> only yeah only an acceptable thing for him to say yeah, mexican. Golly, i hope there's no mexicans involved in this <laughs> and you're like, you're like outside of a gap store or something <laughs> yeah 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 oh man so now, uh, now the reason that uh, that Palafox uh, was you know, worried about that now he because he realized the case's sensitivity and need for special handling. Now, uh, Dick Farley, the NFL security rep assigned to the Patriots, had reached out to a contact from his days as an FBI special agent in Connecticut, a guy named John Durham, the assistant U.S. attorney in New Haven. Uh, Durham moved the case forward by coordinating with U.S. attorney officials in Houston and Phoenix, and uh, you know he kind of got the case. Uh, moving in there now Mexican authorities meanwhile had wrestled with the idea of charging Ortega for the theft of the jersey appraised at $500,000 in Houston PD's initial report in Mexico the theft of more than 35,000 pesos or 1800 US carries a minimum sentence of four years and unlike in the US prosecutors in Mexico are given far less discretion when it comes to determining whether or not to bring charges against the suspect so here a lot, mm-hmm. there's a lot of instances where people can decline to press charges or a, a, a law enforcement agency can just decide to not go forward with a case in mexico they that's not really a thing it's like if some shit pops up they have to pursue it uh and you know and as we yeah. always know they do their diligence uh, so the moment they execute a search warrant and find someone in possession of stolen property they're obligated by law to seek a criminal punishment so this kind of like mm. muddied the waters a little bit but there was a significant issue determining the jersey's value in mexico see no significant market for game used nfl jerseys exists there uh this guy said uh, uh when right. i said if i were his lawyer why would anyone give a shit yeah he said if 
I was a lawyer, I would say the thing of the value of the thing is two hundred dollars. Then prosecutors have to prove the value is five hundred grand. So you know, there's a uh, a lot of ways they could have fought, fought that. But it really, they say, right. from a law enforcement standpoint, Ortega may have unwittingly committed something akin to the perfect crime because the moment he crossed the Rio Grande, <laughs> thirty-five thousand feet on his six a.m. flight to Mexico City with Tom Brady's Super Bowl jersey in his luggage, it was all but assured he'd never spend a day in a jail cell because yeah, it see it ceased to become. It's interesting because usually you cross a border and it's like okay you are now an international fugitive or okay you you have committed like a more serious crime but like he crossed a border and his crime suddenly became petty theft yeah 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 exactly exactly so on the yeah it's weird it de-escalated it somehow now uh yeah so ortega's house uh they say it's uh you know um relatively like nicer place you know a uh, decorative letter o hung uh joined by a cartoon bunny in overalls with carrots dangling from his right hand when a reporter knocked there was no answer uh next door neighbor said she had not seen ortega in many days and uh and it was promptly scolded by a male companion for talking to the press uh phone calls to ortega's home were answered by a housekeeper who promised to relay messages ortega did not respond to numerous emails and voicemails and to those who know him they know his love of football and the pageantry of the super bowl was no secret every year for at least a decade or Ortega took time off during the Super Bowl week and applied for a game credential. A uh, former employee at La Penza, or La Prenza, I'm sorry, uh, who often wrote articles about the Super Bowl, said those pieces typically ran with the generic staff byline until a couple of years ago, when despite the fact that the actual author was writing off the TV feed in Mexico City, the stories began to appear under Ortega's name. So he did this because somebody said, I think he feared scrutiny from the NFL. So, because he, he, he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why is he... Why, why we're giving this guy press credentials i mean that's the reason that we only got south by southwest press credentials that one year because we went to south by southwest and then south by southwest said okay now send us your press oh shit and we were like oh shit yeah we didn't do any of that yeah oh damn i forgot (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then you don't get press credentials anymore so yeah i'm sure they were just checking to make sure he was actually yeah yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And so his, his whole office knew that he was doing this. Uh, it says at one point, uh, Ortega was described uh, by the former La Prenza employee as an effective manager who uh, who delved into editorial matters only when they concerned high-profile political news. And everybody knew that he did this, but they didn't say anything because he was well-liked. Uh, one guy says he yeah. was very, uh, very calm. He would make jokes, say hi to everybody. He made it a good working environment. So nobody really cared that he was doing this. So, you know, though, Just yeah. a cool dude. Just yeah, a fun guy. The benefits of being a chill dude. Um so, uh, he, he loves football. Doesn't care for soccer. Not a big fan of soccer. You know, the, the, the official national pastime in Mexico loves uh, football, though. And uh, this is kind of funny. Huge Cowboys fan. So, like, uh, yeah, huge Cowboys fan. Makes no secret about it. Has tons of memorabilia. Everybody knows that, that that's why he goes. So, um, now, Mauricio, or- and so while the Princess Mauricio Ortega was, as far as the paper's readers could tell, attending Super Bowl press conferences hosted by the commissioner and interviewing Tom Brady at the podium, podium that's what you'd think he would do, uh, the real Ortega was lugging around a bag filled with memorabilia and hanging around radios, uh, Radio Row and the Super Bowl's various outdoor venues, discreetly seeking autographs and photos of players. So he's like a super fan. He's just going around doing yeah. his thing. So this year, he, he brings uh, the guy I mentioned earlier, Palafox, the sports editor of uh, Mexico City newspaper 24 24- Horus. Uh, Palafox uh, goes. He says they struck, struck up a friendship uh, with Ortega during rides from their hotel to the Houston Convention Center. And uh, Ortega stayed at the Holiday Inn while. Uh 
Yeah, so basically he he uh, he meets with this guy Palafox, and they kind of pal it up for the week. Uh, you know, he said they would they would hang out sometimes. They would split ways, and he'd come back with like you know uh, a different uh, piece of a memorabilia that was autographed and all sorts of stuff. Um, so you know, it, it, this, their their week just kind of went on. Uh, now, uh, yeah. when Ortega approached Marshall Falk during the week, the hall the Hall of Famer and NFL Network analyst turned him away, citing the policy disallowing credentialed media to seek autographs. Uh, Palafox said he. he, he oh. He, Interesting. He was, yeah, he was a little angry, but he understood the rules. But Powell Fox said it was kind of weird that he was angry about that because he's like, you know, come on, man, you know, you can't do that. Uh, he wouldn't mingle. Yeah, I mean, he's been going under a, a media credential for years. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised he's been able to do it at all if that's the rule. But I guess he's been hiding what his credentials are. And, yeah. You know. Being shady, and so. they said okay. that you know that makes that and so like uh, they they said he, they were kind of worried about not only worried but they were suspicious like, kind of like suspicious of him because he wouldn't hang out with any of the press because he didn't want to get associated with them yeah uh, and they said he was all the course the people that he they hang out with would be the Mexican press corps and the, the guy said he's like you know he's kind of has white skin and uh, he didn't really, like like when we heard we heard him speak Spanish they were surprised they didn't even think he was Mexican because he was just so standoffish and not involved with them so. Uh, so the, you yeah. know, the week goes on and the night of the Super Bowl in Houston Palafox conducted interviews in both teams locker rooms and in the post game press conference area then ventured outside to search for Spanish speaking fans to interview um, now after conducting the interviews with three groups of Mexican fans he boarded the shuttle that would take him back to the Hilton and there on the bus carrying the same black shoulder bag he'd lugged around all week was Ortega Palafox well, yeah, he, was yeah. he just he covered is. his first Super Bowl and it had been arguably the greatest comeback in league history uh, he was you know on cloud nine he plopped down next to Ortega on the shuttle and began cycling through pictures on his phone uh, he leaned in uh, to Ortega and showed him several shots he'd taken of Brady wait I'm sorry who Ortega who showed up at the airport? Oh, basically, uh, this is Palafox, the uh, the other reporter, and Ortega. The the, the okay, Palafox, got it. Yeah, and he and, sees Ortega at the airport. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They're yeah, they're hanging out at the airport before they fly back. So uh, he plopped down next to me, showing these, and he, he shows him uh, uh, several shots he had taken of Brady looking uh, perturbed uh, and looking for you know his missing jersey. Ortega didn't flinch. He just uh, he pulled out his own smartphone and one up Palafox. He'd taken a, a selfie with Brady in the moments after the win, so he took a picture with his ass and <laughs> also snatched his jersey. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Uh, so when Palafox heard the news of the story the next day, he thought nothing of the memorabilia hound who had finagled his way to the Super Bowl that he had met I mean after all Ortega had brought with him a gift for his priest <laughs> I, I, I skipped that part uh, he did he did buy a, a, a gift for his priest to bring back so you know he figured he's a religious guy oh yeah, yeah. what a good guy yeah, yeah. and so he goes and so he says I don't mind telling this story because he says this man put me at risk pal Fox said he goes I was sitting a meter away from Tom Brady's Super Bowl jersey if the, if the police had boarded that bus and found that jersey between the two of us we'd both be in handcuffs very good point yeah 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 so, correct uh, can, we, can you put another edit point in? I want to get. I want to. I just want to get to a point where I can wrap this up. I'm sorry. All right, right here would be fine. Cool. So, uh, now, so they make it back to Mexico City. Uh, now we're gonna we're gonna fast forward in time. It's 5:40 a.m. Uh, at right outside of Ortega's door, dressed in his pajamas. Uh, he opens the door to the. Uh, to the uh, essentially the Mexican equivalent of the FBI, uh, his sure. stud wife looking on. Ortega was face to face with armed federal agents. Both. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. Who looking uh, his on? His wife. His stunned wife. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said his stud oh, yeah, wife, no, she, and no, I was very she confused. Is a real, yeah. She's, <laughs> 
She's definitely a force. She's a real looker. Yeah, real looker. What a hunk, yeah. that wife. What a handsome woman. <laughs> That's a fun yeah. way to call her. Okay, so his stud wife. Yeah, got stud it. wife sitting there, yeah. Or, or like, is it like the new, like, the, the new lesbian term, like studs? Like, she has like a fade haircut and tattoos and a grill and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, so basically, they, they, they came in not guns blazing. They just presented them with a, uh, a, a deal. They said, look, hand over the Super Bowl jersey and whatever, whatever else you've stolen, and you will sleep in your bed not only tonight but for the foreseeable future or take a fish to blast trash bag out of a dresser drawer it's poetic gave it to police who took photos of the transaction to prove ortega's cooperation the agents didn't tear up the floorboards toss cabinets or pull kitchen appliances from their wall connections they didn't even search the lower floor they simply asked do you have anything else he did he made a phone call a friend arrived shortly thereafter mexican police on the scene dubbed his friend uh gordito <laughs> which uh they translate here for us as little fat one the friend brought with them little fatty yeah, an yep. orange and br- blue navy helmet with year old scuff marks on the crown he had this was von miller's super bowl 50 helmet which he had asked that guy about so yeah uh-huh. so they get it all together they ask do you have anything else he goes yeah i got one more thing he goes in he grabs the super bowl 49 jersey which they didn't even know they were going to come there looking for so this guy has the super bowl 49 jersey the super bowl 51 jersey and the helmet hands it over no problems now to the mexican authorities they said that might as well have been a laundry pickup they're used to fucking going in like and dealing with coke dealers you know yeah (laughs) so they said right like you know el chapo escaping down the secret passageway in his mansion and shit like that's what they're used to yeah so they get the jersey back and uh it flies back over uh into boston it gets well first it gets verified by the the mexican uh authorities then they send it to the u.s it gets taken uh they take a look at it in the um at the Mexican, blah, blah, blah. yeah. So they 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 take a look at it in the U.S. Um, and so then uh, and then on April third, uh, Brady Kraft and the Patriots were honored with a ceremony on Red Sox uh, at, on Red Sox opening day. Brady stood on the infield grass at Fenway Park and held the return jersey over his head because uh, everybody knew about the theft. They knew he got it back. Yeah, he holds it over his head. Who comes along but old playful ass Gronk and snatches it from him and runs around the field with it? <laughs> oh, Come on, Gronk. Gronk. Oh, I love Gronk. <laughs> so the, two, the scene ended with the two of them laughing and rolling off the grass in a short, uh, rolling, laughing and rolling on the grass in short right field, which just. That's yeah, very sounds cute. sounds very, very That's cute. That's adorable. Yeah. So uh, before heading to Fenway that day, Kraft and Brady held a ceremony of their own at the owner's home. Kraft unzipped the blue bag, took out the jersey, and then the other jersey uh, held it up and said, it took an international trip, said Kraft. Brady laughed and then said, that's awesome, proving that they're two deeply uninteresting people. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just really, you can't get more. Yeah, yeah, it that. took an international trip. Brady <laughs> laughed and then said, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. That is the story of uh, of fucking what's his face, um, <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady Super Bowl jersey. So I want to get this right out in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, Kath, was it worth it? I think so. I, I think mean, nothing like you had to shoot your shot. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, he didn't get away with it, but he also didn't face any. Consequences. Yeah, nothing happened. I think as an American, not worth it. As a Mexican, yeah, totally. Worth so it. if you're Mexican, come on over, take our jerseys. <laughs> Steel athlete stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, definitely uh, worth it if you're Mexican. Uh, not worth it if you're American. Um, would I do? Well, actually, I always add would I do it, and that's never been something we've agreed on. I always just feel the need to weigh in on whether no, or not. I think it's I important to say, yeah, yeah. Would I do it? 
it? Uh, probably not. I <laughs> I break enough crimes. I'm not trying to push the, the envelope or break enough rules. I'm not trying to push the envelope. Uh, so yeah, so that is that. Uh, we got to wrap this one up quick and get out of here. We got somebody coming in after us. Um, guys, remember that uh, Kath Barbadoro is going to be in Austin like all for like, the next two weeks uh, kicking off. If, if yeah, this- it's true. Um, I have a bunch of shows. I have Master Pancakes. I have a bunch of stand-up shows. I'm doing Punch. I'm doing Shit's Golden. I'm doing um, The Sting. I got a bunch of stuff. So please look at my calendar. Check me out. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to be able to record another one of these for another yeah. week or two. So hopefully this can tide hopefully. you over. Um but yeah, and then come see me live. That would be great. Pat, what do you got to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be... Uh, um, I just I, I, uh, Short-term shit, not much. Uh, not, nothing too special. I think I'm going to be on Shit's Golden with you on the 5th or the 6th of February. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, again, uh, oh, I, I had people hitting me up uh, saying they like uh, about the Washington show, which is pretty cool. So if you live in Washington, I'll be in Richland, Washington, the 22nd to the 24th at Joker's Comedy Club. And then I'll also be uh, in Hartford and in Brooklyn, uh, uh, March 24th and March 23rd in Hartford and 24th and 25th in Brooklyn. So that's going to be pretty cool. More deets on those as they come. Sweet. Uh, but yeah, guys, remember follow us on all the shit uh, at LCS podcast. Look it up, rate us, you know, like us, share us, subscribe to us and tell all your friends and listen to all the other wonderful shows on body tape international. Uh, and above all, uh, remember guys, don't get caught. Don't get right. caught. Bye. See ya.